drugs, science, and everything else. They slap down a new topic and dash off to the next. It's a great big world with so much to know, like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe. If you wanna be a smarty, better learn something fast with Shannon and Jason on Slapdash Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about the art of making new habits. And what a perfect time of the year to talk about establishing new habits than at New Year's. Across from me is a man who has made a New Year's resolution to not only become the best chess player in the United <laughs> States, but also has plans to memorize the names of all the Care Bears. Oh. Shannon Deaton, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir. You doing okay? I'm doing well. I see the chess board over there. Hey, you weren't kidding. Sometimes we, we say things that we don't really mean in the opening, yeah. but... <laughs> we do. I've never said anything I don't mean. But no, I, I see the I see the chess board over there. It's about ten feet from me. I see all the chess pieces. They're set up. I know we've talked about this. mostly in the correct places. That's right. Uh, I, <laughs> but what I don't see, I don't see any Care Bears. Yeah, I don't see Care Bear One. I've got to start figuring that out pretty soon. Also, Scrabble. I, I've made a resolution to get better at Scrabble. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. I'm going to take some small incremental steps, you know, study so, the dictionary a little bit. So, okay. All right. So <laughs> so talking about New Year's resolutions, so uh, name some. I guess you just really named one about Scrabble there, and obviously talk about chess. Uh, Care Bears are fine if you want to. It doesn't sure. matter. But maybe talk about some, uh, some resolutions that you've made maybe for this year or maybe like in years past. Yeah. So this year I just had a crazy idea. I recently watched The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Have you heard of this? I have, but just because you've told me. <laughs> And I am going to watch this, I promise. It's pretty good. It's uh, it's about seven episodes. My wife and I, we watched it all, and uh, it really got me in the mood to play some chess. And apparently I'm not alone. I Googled this, and uh, because of that series, there have been like over, I mean, several million additional like chess boards and chess study guides purchased in the last couple months. Wow. That, that's a real phenomenon. And I kid you not, I went to the bookstore the other day uh, to you know get a chess book because i'm i'm serious i, I want to i want to get better at chess. Do now, as far as being the best in america no probably not forget about <laughs> it <laughs> i'd like to be the best in the neighborhood okay. you know we'll, we'll start there that's feasible so uh, but no i went to the went to the bookstore and i had to wait in line to get to the the chess strategy section Seriously. Where were you? I, I went to a bookstore in Knoxville called McKay's. You, oh, yeah. I've been to McKay's. You, you had been, to wait in line I sure to did. get to the chess section. <laughs> Are you serious? I promise. So there's a whole wall, right? And it's like games and related things. So you go over there and there's like uh, books on chess. There's books on Scrabble. There's books on just, just anything. You name it. And there is one little cubby hole shelf and i could see it from a distance because it was labeled chess and there were three books sitting there and i walked up to it and there was already someone sitting there kind of browsing those three books and i thought oh okay i'll just kind of hang out here for a minute so i kind of you know how you do that thing where you kind of shuffle around oh i was really looking at this thing right i was really looking at this care bears book or <laughs> cheesy you know uh, so i waited my turn that person left and then somebody else stepped up before somebody who got there after me jason that, that's not a proper you, etiquette, is you it? You mean a line cutter. Line cutter, yeah. yeah. So We have ways of dealing with people like that. <laughs> we have resolutions uh, <laughs> to deal right. with those folks. But yeah, so I was the third person to look at these three used chess books from the 70s. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, yeah, that's that's one resolution. I'm I'm uh, practicing my chess. But Jason, have you ever made any New Year's resolutions? Oh yeah, you know, obviously in the last several years, usually uh, one of the most common one is is a diet, right? Sure. To try to lose five pounds, ten pounds. Yeah. I like to lose about ten to fifteen pounds. Uh, easier said than done, right? You have to kind of put yourself in a position to do that, not just you know, you know as, as you say that on January first at midnight, you say that with such confidence like this is it right here this is what i'm gonna do i'll never even smell chocolate again right because it's january 1st baby the bar high yeah and then on january 2nd you find yourself at the drive-thru trying to you know slam down a mcflurry yeah your face is buried in some chocolate somewhere yeah you have to be careful with that so yeah as you know as far as as far as me uh diet that's usually one that uh you know always will say the last several years i've always tried to make a resolution to to read the bible daily yeah, uh, I have failed at that. There are several <laughs> days during the year that I don't do that, uh, but I ha- but I do try that. So sure. I want to try it again. You know, try it again this year. Uh, probably like uh, sleep for me and it's not like from a laziness standpoint it's almost like if, if i'm not careful i won't get enough sleep yeah and i'll same. sit up late you know so to try to set some parameters to you know 10 10 30 I'm, I'm going to bed yeah that makes sense that's yeah. that's a good goal sleep is something we don't get a lot of so for for everyone who would like to make a resolution uh, whether it's Care Bears or Chess or stay away from McFlurries, whatever it is. <laughs> Take more naps. Uh, yeah. So if, if you would like to do that and actually stick with it, we have a very specific book that might be of interest that we're going to discuss. So Shannon, tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah. On this episode, we are talking about a book called Atomic Habits. It is by James Clear, and it was published in 2018. Now, I listened to this book on audiobook uh, on Audible probably a month or two ago, and it really got me to you know, start thinking about daily habits. And this is something I've thought about before. I've read the book also, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg that came out, I think in 2012, which was uh, several years before this book. And Atomic Habits actually makes several references to that. But the neat thing about Atomic Habits is how practical it is. And the purpose of this episode is since we are entering into a brand new year, we thought it would be a good idea to talk about some tips for keeping our New Year's resolutions. So all of the tips we're going to be discussing come from our uh, practical experiences as well as from chapters in the Atomic Habits book. So Jason... What is an atomic habit? Have you ever thought about that? I have never really thought about it outside of the book title. Uh, <laughs> when you say atomic habit, what's so funny about this? Yeah, I was literally thinking about this yesterday. I was at the track walking around. You know, New Year, you know, New Year's resolution hey, thing, getting it done. When I think of atomic habits, the first thing that like I think of is something major. Yeah, like a mushroom cloud. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> but then I think, no, wait a minute. An atom is very small, That's and right. I had to kind of walk that back a little bit. So, yeah. and and small is the key word. So an atomic habit is a small habit that is also easy to do. You know, because whenever we think of things at the molecular level, an atom is one of the smallest building blocks of life and, and all creation, right? So it's the same with habits. The atomic habit is the smallest thing that you can do, the easiest thing that you can do in order to influence the trajectory of your life. So if atomic habits are used over and over, they will equal compound results. And that's kind of the big idea here from the book is that habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. Makes sense. If you're big in finance and economics, you know that compound interest is the really the best way 
to make more money, <laughs> right? Right. Interest o- invested over time is is going to pay dividends. You may not see that right away. It's literally a game of time. Yep. It takes a while, and the same is true of atomic habits. And if you want better results, then one of the things that's kind of counterintuitive about this book is it says forget about setting goals, and that kind of throws me off a little bit. Just forget about it. I'm a goal setter. Who needs a goal? <laughs> goals are overrated. Yeah. Who who cares about goals? But yeah. So so obviously. It's a good thing to have a goal in mind. I don't think this book is anti-goal sure. so much. I think it's just really focused more so on the fact that setting the goal doesn't really do anything. Right. We can sit down and we can write out our goals for 2021. And at the end of the day, that's just a list. Yep. When we like lists. Right. Well, we show. love lists. Yeah. <laughs> but but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> no. Right. Someday we may even do a top 20 of our top 20 <laughs> lists top, of top all time. Lists. That's right. <laughs> top 20, top 20 list. Uh, but this book encourages you instead to focus on your system rather than on the goals you know, itself rather than right. looking at the outcome, focus on the input. Right. I mean, how, how are you going to do this? Yeah. It's not just good enough to have the goal in front of you. Sure. What are the steps that you're going to take? And the most effective way to change your habits is to focus not on what you want to achieve, but on who you wish to become. And I think this is a pretty, pretty, pretty interesting yeah, uh, sure. uh, quote from the book because it's very easy to write down, again, all the things we want to do. But if we can focus rather on the person that we want to be, it's going to be a little bit easier. And it, it's really a, a mind shift. So I have a couple of examples here. So, Jason, instead of thinking, I want to exercise today so that I can lose weight, think instead, I'm a healthy person, so I'm going to exercise today because that's what healthy people like me do. Mm, wow. <laughs> see, see, it's more of like an Ex- identity it's, type it's, of thing. Yeah, it's all about expectations that's in, right. a, in a way. Yeah. Sure. Here's another example. Instead of saying, I'm trying to quit smoking, say, I don't smoke. And it, again, it's just sort of a, a mind shift right. a little bit, it's, you yeah. know paradigm so it's, it's all about embracing identity and there's four laws of behavior change uh, that are sort of a set of rules that are covered throughout the book that we can use to build better habits and i'm going to talk about this one a little bit more when we get into chapter one but the first one is you have to make it obvious so in other words you have to do something that is important and, and something that is meaningful in the context of your life number two you have to make the change attractive make it something that you want something that you desire. Number three, you have to make it easy. Anything that we try to overcomplicate, we can't sustain for long periods of time because, you know, we have our own self-initiative and our own self-drive, but that's only that's only a short-term game. Right. H- have you played that game before where you're like, I'm going to do this every day because it's because it's what I want to do? And, yeah, you know, I, I have played that game. It's easy to lose and that game. I pretty much lose every time. <laughs> every time after so long. We'll get into why that is and, and some strategies for that. But number four, make it satisfying, you know? So you have to make it something that is rewarding intrinsically, not not just extrinsically. And as you'll discuss here in a little bit, environment is the invisible hand that sort of shapes human behavior. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's it's all about the place that you're, right. you're in. Right? So let's first of all talk about chapter one. This is the power of tiny habits. And in chapter one, uh, Clear talks about success being the product of daily habits and not these once in a lifetime transformations. Everybody wants to wake up one day and all of a sudden be the person you always wanted to be. Like just magically. Overnight success. We we hear it all the time. That term has entered into the common vernacular, just overnight success. But but I've heard it said that, you know, uh, someone who has become really famous or really well known for a particular invention said, yeah, I was an overnight success 
after 25 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just on this one particular day, it finally uh, took off or snapped or clicked or however you exactly. want to say it. Yeah. yeah. It appeared to, to, to the public because that's all they saw. They right. saw the tipping point. Yep. You know, they don't see the struggle. They don't see the struggle. That's exactly right. So you should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than with your current results. And that's how we stay motivated. We should be more concerned with pushing the bar forward each and every day with these tiny atomic habit changes rather than focusing on, well, what results did I see this morning on the scale? Or what results am I seeing as far as how many books I've read, right. uh, you know, up to this point in the year, that sort of thing. And these small changes often appear to make no difference for, for a little while. And and that's the problem. That's the problem with just the self-motivation part of it, because I like to see progress, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want, you want to measure the numbers, right? Yeah, I, I want to see things moving in a certain right. direction. But that doesn't happen right away until you cross a, a critical threshold. So the most powerful outcomes of any compounding process are delayed a little bit. Yep. You don't see these instant results, and that's kind of what your mind wants. That's what it craves a little bit. Yeah, there's there, there's a uh, motivational speaker that I know, and uh, he basically says something to the effect of, of course, it's really sports-related, and uh, he says something to, to the effect of a stop stop scoreboard watching. And, and you know, and he <laughs> says it, it's you know he says it's not you against them, it's you against you. Yeah, and he goes into some of this. That's that exactly you're talking about, absolutely. Know. So, so you, the key there is that you have to be patient. Right. You have to wait it out, and you have to allow your habits to just become part of your normal lifestyle rather than uh, a set of goals that you want to meet very quickly because it's just not going to happen. And the interesting thing I found in this book is that it says your outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits. Hmm. And I kind of let that sit with me for a little bit because that's exactly right. The yeah. outcomes are, are not going to happen tomorrow. If I go out and I run a 5K today, I'm probably not going to lose the 30 pounds that I have set right. for a goal over the next year or whatever. But it's something that is lagging behind. In other words, if I continue to make those small incremental changes, eventually the good things are going to catch up to me. Right. And I'm going to have those outcomes. Your net worth is is a lagging measure of your financial habits, right? Your right. weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits. Your knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning habits. Your clutter is a lagging measure of your cleaning habits. And you get what you repeat, right? So you just have to always keep that in mind and keep that uh, coming forward. Goals are about the results you want to achieve. So systems are instead about the processes that lead to those results. You talked about scoreboard watching, right? Right. The purpose of setting goals is to win the game because you're only focused on that one game when you're setting goals. You're, you're looking, how can I improve my health this way, you know, uh, this incremental way. But the purpose of building systems, which instead is the way we get to those goals, is to continue playing the game. Because if you want to be the best chess player in the world or the right. best basketball player in the world, it's not going to come down to that one game. It's right. not going to come down to that one goal, right? Uh, it, it's going to amount to the systems that you set up in those multiple games that you play over time in order to achieve those eventual goals. So by focusing on the system, you can create a cycle of endless refinement and continuous improvement. And I, I like this quote from the book. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Oh, that's, that's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So say that one more time. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. I, I think it's There's meaningful. There's a lot of truth to that. Absolutely. So if you want to predict where you'll end up in life, all you have to do is follow the curve of tiny gains or tiny losses. It's always happening in the background. I kind of think of it like a little intrinsic stock market, right? right. <laughs> I, I did one healthy thing today. So little uptick, little green arrow, little right. green yeah. delta, yeah. right? Um, and, and then, but then I didn't exercise that evening. Little, little red uh, upside down triangle. 
yeah. <laughs> in the stock market. And over time, those ups and downs will create a trend. And that trend will dictate whether or not you eventually meet those goals. So again, focusing on the system is what is most important. But that's not the only thing we do. Jason, what else is important when we're thinking about these atomic habits? Well, we also read chapter two. Yeah, we do. And so chapter two uh, is all about how your habits shape your identity and vice versa. So in this chapter, basically it highlights that there are three layers of behavior change that you want to, you know, obviously you want to change your behavior if you're adapting to some kind of, you know, new habit in hopes of reaching a goal or, or changing your identity or what have you. Sure. So there are three, la- uh, three layers of behavior change. Uh, number one is the outcome layer. Number two, process layer. And number three, the identity layer. So number one, outcomes are uh, about what you get. Right. So, sure. you know, what's the end result of this? Those are the outcomes. Those are the easiest things to actually set. And those could also really kind of be called goals in a way, although you, you know, with outcomes, you get something. It's one way or the other. Right. So right. With goals, either you make it or you don't. Sure. So but but outcomes are about what you get. Processes are about what you do. Mm-hmm. And identity is about who you believe you are or who you want to believe or who you want to be. Yeah. And so the idea is that if we just focus on the outcomes, again, kind of going back sort of tied to the goals, that that's that's typically just not good enough because most people are just not self-disciplined enough, especially in today's age where mm-hmm. everything is like a microwave type of, you know, society. You know what I mean? Where I like do. we want you know, we have instant information, instant gratification, whether it's in the form of uh, you know, Facebook or data or a cheeseburger <laughs> or popcorn, whatever it is, it's just fairly instant. I want it now. I want it now. And a lot of people they want a goal, they want to reach those goals like that and they expect instant outcomes almost. So if, if you just put all of your weight in the outcome layer of behavior change, you're probably not going to uh, get to where you want to be. The second layer, processes are about what you do. This, is go- this goes back to, you know, how am I going to reach the goals? How am, you know, you know, how am I going to make sure that the outcome is really what I'm looking for? So these are these, again, we'll go back to the diet. These are, I'm not going to have more than 1800 calories today. You know, I'm going to take vitamins. I am going to walk 10,000 steps a day, whatever it may be. So those are your processes. And then finally, identity is about what you believe. And it, it again, it, it's a mind paradigm shift. It goes back to, no, I'm not going to eat that McFlurry mm-hmm. because I'm a healthy person. Yeah, because I don't eat McFlurries. Because that's who I that's am. That's who I am as I'm, a person. I'm, yeah, that's my identity. Yeah. Right? Now, I can't say that's true of my identity, <laughs> at least not currently. <laughs> well, I'm a McFlurry machine. Uh, well, I used to be. It, it has it has <laughs> been today. You know, I've, t- today my identity <laughs> hey, is I've, I'm not going to eat that McFlurry. Small Delta. So today I am not a McFlurry eater. Yeah, right? you're, you're training up. That's man. my identity. The uh, the ultimate form of intrinsic motivation, which you mentioned just uh, a few moments ago, is when a habit becomes part of your identity. Mm. So once again, the ultimate form of intrinsic motivation is when a habit becomes part of your identity. Your identity emerges out of your habits. Every action, I really like this, every action is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. I love that because I, I like the, the, what's the word for, for I want to say litigation of it, but that's not the right. word. Litigation's like trials and yeah. law and all that sort of thing. But the, the voting aspect really motivates me. I think about that. Like if I have a, a certain uh, goal in my life that I want to meet, I, I think about the specific things I'm doing. And like you said, it's like a, a vote 
if I sit down and I eat healthy that day, that's a vote that's in a yay, favor right? yeah. of I want to be a healthy person. If right. I sit down and I, uh, you know, eat a Big Mac or three Big Macs and just <laughs> completely embarrass myself, then uh, that's a vote for I want to be an unhealthy person. Right. And and the the interesting thing about that is you're casting votes either way. Yeah. Even when you're not being intentional, you are casting a vote for the type of person you want to become. Just every decision. Yeah. Every decision. So Shannon, we have a, a habit on Slapdash here of uh, often taking breaks and listening to the Slapdash items that are available for purchase. Yeah, we do. So I mean, I think folks might want to listen to this, you know, maybe uh, take a vote on themselves, right? To say, hey, I would like to have a Slapdash hoodie. Say, I want to cast a vote to be the kind of person that supports a podcast, a podcast I enjoy. That sounds awesome. So let's take a, let's take a listen to that. Hey, everyone. We're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a Slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. We are back and we are discussing the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. And as part of that process, we're also thinking about ways we can keep our New Year's resolutions by putting the principles of this book into practice. And we've made it all the way up to chapter three, Jason, which is called How to Build Better Habits in Four Simple Steps. I'm a steps guy. I like steps. I do too. I like steps of all kinds. Steps like up to my house. Sure. I like steps like in processes like these. <laughs> but I, I usually try to kind of draw the line at around five. So I'm glad that I'm glad we have four here. Five's a cutoff. Now, if it was you know the 39 and a half simple <laughs> steps in order to become a better you, probably not going to make it that That's far. Right. But four steps. I'm, I'm all in on four. Seems doable. Yep. And this is all about changing your behavior. And there's four questions you can ask yourself if you want to make a significant change. Okay. And we alluded to this in the open. Number one, how can I make it obvious? So in other words, how can I choose something that is important and something that is meaningful? Number two, how can I make it attractive? How can I make it something that I actually want to do? Something that uh, excites me and encourages me. Number three, how can I make it easy? Because Lord knows I'm not going to do anything that's that's too hard. Right. <laughs> uh, especially when it comes to like daily routines and habits. It needs to be as simple as possible. And number four, how can I make it satisfying when it's all over how can i feel that sense of reward and that sense of rush that i get from doing something good you know and that i think i think that's that's a really important point that you that you bring up there especially the aspect of like time you know uh because i mean you know people they come from all different walks of life uh, different different points in your life some people have more time than others you know uh, i know you have three young uh daughters i have a daughter in high school now and and one and one is still in elementary uh you know we both work uh, both have busy jobs and so you know sometimes it is difficult like you know, you may not have 45 minutes to prepare a wholesome meal right. necessarily. You know, you may not have 45 minutes to an hour to drive to a park to walk. And so so kudos to you. I know I called you earlier today and you and I said, hey, what's going on? You So I'm just outside walking. Right. So you, know, you have a nice neighborhood here to walk around in. Yeah. Normally what I do is I go to the uh, high school uh, track or I go up to the uh, county park where we have our little league fields. And there's a nice little walking trail there. Oh, yeah. You know, but sometimes it takes five minutes to put your shoes on five minutes to get there five minutes back and sometimes it's rainy and you know so there's, there's all these things sometimes that that can really uh, prevent us from doing what even though uh, our heart is in it 
You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. But sometimes we just can't pull it off because of you know other obligations or, or time. So it's really important, I think, some of those things that you said there. It is. And the thing that I like about this is that habits are something that eventually become automatic. That's right. why we call them habits, right? right? So it's not something that maybe in the short term we have to do some initial planning for. Now, certainly if you have to travel, obviously that's going to get into some time and that sure. sort of thing. But, you know, as far as the other logistics of habit forming, at some point, our hope is that through repetition, it just becomes an automatic thing, that it's not something we're going to have to put a lot of thought into, a lot of effort over time. And the ultimate purpose of these habits is to solve the problems of life with as little energy and effort as possible. We want it to be so automated because that's what the brain is really good at. It's good right. at automating tasks. It's, it's, it's designed for that. If I had to think about every time I needed to breathe in a right. minute, well, you know, we, we know good how far that, that would go. You know, another good example of that yeah. is, I mean, how many times have you driven somewhere and you get there and you get out of the car and you can't even remember driving there? Oh, all the time. I mean, that's that's automatic. You've made yeah. dozens of decisions that were literally like life-changing decisions sure. to stop here, turn left, turn right, whatever, totally on autopilot. Yeah. You know, because out of habits. I didn't expend any energy. I didn't have to you know really think about it at right. all in fact most of the time i'm doing something completely other than thinking about the driving and i don't mean that in like a dangerous <laughs> sense probably probably listen to the podcast sure, i'd imagine listen to the right? podcast yeah. but it's very common to be you know driving down the road maybe talking to the person in the passenger seat oh yeah you don't have to actively think about every single decision that's happening because a lot of things are part of habit sure i need to get in another lane i'm going to check my mirrors i'm going to signal i'm going to check again i'm going to get in the lane i'm going to turn the signal off i don't have to think about that every time and if i did lord knows it'd, it'd be a hard <laughs> be hard tough. hard day knowing that the ultimate purpose of these habits is to become automated to expend a little bit of energy and, and a small amount of effort we also know that any habit can be broken down into a feedback loop that involves an additional force steps there is a cue this is the thing that initiates the habit and this is true of good habits and bad habits like for example uh, in one of the books i read i think uh, the power of habit by charles duhigg they talk about every day this person we'll call him john is sitting at an office chair and it's midway through the day he's a little bit tired he'll yawn and then he'll realize that he wants to get up and go get a donut right and and the reason he's doing that is because he's starting to feel fatigued at the at the desk he's starting to feel tired it's the middle of the day it's probably after lunch uh and that's his cue that's the first part of what makes a good habit or a bad habit there's something that sort of triggers us to begin okay. the habit and, and to kind of get it rolling the second thing is the craving all right so in this case it's the donut right? okay. i'm hungry for a donut but this could be any uh variety of things it could be the the feeling of wanting to create something or the feeling of wanting to exercise to get that adrenaline rush so right. we start craving that thing number three is the response that's the habit itself so what we actually do okay all right i had a cue i'm tired i had a craving i want a donut i had a response i got up out of my chair i walked over i got a donut and i'm going to make a, a plug here just for a moment okay for master's donuts okay oh my goodness pretty good you know maybe not you know the time to say that right now because we're talking about <laughs> diets and things but i'm just gonna throw that out there that you know when the craving does hit and if you want to treat yourself every once in a while yeah. i highly recommend treat master's yourself. donuts back to you shannon go right you, ahead. you just created a cue for the the dozens and dozens of people <laughs> <laughs> listen to the podcast they're really good at master's donuts that's awesome the the fourth part of the feedback loop is the reward so we get something out of it and, and that's what keeps us coming back time and time again. So we had the cue. We were tired. We were hungry. 
Number two, we got the craving. We wanted a donut. Number three, we ate the donut. Four, we got a reward. We got this temporary sugar high, and the process repeats itself the next day. So in thinking through this, you know, there's parts of this that are automated, right? And and the thing about it is, is you can change one important portion of this particular feedback loop and uh, basically change the habit. You can't really do much about the cue. It's it's really difficult to change the thing that triggered it just sort of the initial response. Yeah. It just kind of happens due to the environment, which right. we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, the craving is something that's hard to change too. It, it's hard to just turn that part of your brain off and say, I don't want to do this thing anymore. Forget Master's Donuts. Right. I'm I, not having one of those yeah, today. I'm not how scrumptious and delicious <laughs> yeah. they are. Number three, the response that's the part we can actually change okay that's, <laughs> that's when you act upon it that's right? when you act on it number four the reward this is the the feeling we get from the response so that's step three if we can do something about that step three that is has the same cue and produces the same reward then in fact we can change our habits and and we can change some of those that are already pre-programmed and here in just a little bit jason i'm going to talk about a, a particular habit that i would like to form in the new year and i want to tell you how i'm going to go uh, how i'm going to go about that using the principles of atomic habits but before we do that i think we have a little bit more uh from the book right sure yeah uh we're going to skip a few chapters here and go all the way uh through to chapter six uh, which deals with motivation is overrated environment often matters more. So now, honestly, in, in books such as these, we, we hear more about motivation, honestly. I mean, when you're trying to accomplish a goal, got to be motivated, right? Got to have someone saying, you can That's do it. That's what people say. I can do it. We can do it. We can all do it. You know, motivation's a, a big deal. Was it Thomas the Tank Engine or the Lou Engine that yeah, could? I, I think I can. I think I, think I, can. I can. I think I can. Yeah, he's all about motivation. That's right. And, you know, and there are tons of books out there uh, you know, in regards to like intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and all factors of, of that type but but in this particular book uh, the author highlights the importance of environment and actually claims that, that your environment is really more important than you know t- the uh, degree to which you're motivated or even how you're motivated sure so uh, there's a quote that you had mentioned a little bit earlier uh, from chapter six where he says environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior Mm. And so, again, since we've been on this example of a diet, but I am going to give one other example to this. Uh, so imagine you're motivated, right? It's January 1st. Okay, to, this is this is the year. This is the, the day I'm going to begin uh, better habits, right? I'm, I'm going to get up. I'm going to eat a better breakfast. I'm going to exercise and, and so forth. And you get motivated, right? You, you read all about this and you go and you buy some new tennis shoes and you listen to some kind of audio type thing that's really motivating you. And all that's great. And that may go well, maybe for a few hours hours, maybe for a day or two, but then you're going to get hungry. Right. And when you go to your kitchen and you open the door and the and it's just like different flavors of sugar that sort of, <laughs> that just comes piling out, right? Yeah. Your environment is working against you. And yep. it's it's just too easy to go and get a little Debbie cake, which we also did an episode on and I love little Debbies. <laughs> but it's really easy if if your environment is conducive to basically just making you fail. Yeah. And so uh, if it's in my fridge, I'm going to eat it. Because that's it's too, kind of the rule of the house. It's just too easy not to, right? right? And so, uh, you know, going back to your environment, uh, you know, the environment also deals with people, right? And they're supporting you, and they are motivating you, and that's that's all great and and needed. Uh, but at the but you know, sort of the bottom line is that it can't be too easy, right? So your environment has to be structured in a way that it enables you to kind of stay on the straight and narrow. 
mm-hmm. and, and not just go get that little Debbie cake whenever you want to. Right. So in, environment is, is a big deal. So, you know, my wife, you know, she's talking about losing, you know, losing weight. And, and obviously she's been really motivated with, with, with uh, your wife, Alex, and the things that, you know, that she's been doing, sure. you know, yeah. you know, so she went and uh, bought some groceries and threw some stuff out. So, okay, this is what we're going to do here. And she's meal planning and, and those types of things. So she's trying to change you know, make small changes in the environment, yeah. right? So all of a sudden, those Swiss roll cakes are no longer there that were once uh, you know, that were uh, once available. And another example of this, and I'm 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 sad to say, but I'm being honest, uh, is church, right? Yeah. So I went to church today, you know, and uh, I talked about it earlier how I want to try to read the Bible every day, at least a few minutes every day. So I was in church actually just this morning today, and I had my Bible there, and it's so easy to be so motivated and and convince yourself that you're going to do everything that you're wanting to say you're going to do when the choir is singing mm. and when you know, you're feeling great and you're reading the Bible and you're listening to the uh, pastor, the environment, the environment yeah, has really got you charged. Very conducive to what you're wanting to do. Yeah, but then... You know, all of a sudden at 10 o'clock at night when it's bedtime, you get a little bit tired, right? You want to check the score of the ball game. You want to see how your cousins are doing on Facebook. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Kids need, kids need help with the homework. All of a sudden that environment is no longer supporting what you really want to do. Right. And so, again, you, you can motivate yourself and you can be motivated by others. But uh, I think he's definitely right. I do think that environment is is actually more important than motivation. motivation. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And in the, in the book, they tell an interesting story that I've seen in other books as well on this topic. And there were a group of war veterans who went off and they fought. And they, at the, at the time, wherever it was that they were at, it was very easy for them to get in their possession illegal drugs that, that was one of the things that was part of the story and uh, many of those uh, veterans became hooked on certain substances when they came home they returned to their their normal lives and when they got back to their families none of that stuff was readily available like it was overseas and I, I think uh, that the thing about it that made it so interesting was it was a study on environment because in the environment they were in internationally abroad it was so easy for them just to become hooked on a a substance and to form certain habits but those habits weren't readily uh, able to be reenacted when they returned to the states because those same things that were happening they might had the same cues uh, they might had the same uh, cravings but the response wasn't really possible right because those substances just weren't available right so an amazing thing happened they just stopped doing the drugs so and, and it was all not really even related to motivation because they were chemically dependent on these drugs. It Just was all a product of the opportunity and the environment. So, Jason, as we sort of wind out this episode, we've talked a little bit about what our own New Year's resolutions are. And the thing that we often ask ourselves is, why do we set these New Year's resolutions? And People do this every year. Because right. you, you just have to, right? You just have to. My wife shared a statistic with me this morning that by, I think it's middle of January to the end of January, 90% of resolutions are just gone you know, out the door. People just <laughs> I believe that. give them up. Yeah. But the reason that we often start on New Year's is we want a starting point, a time when we feel like we have a clean slate. Right. Like we woke up yeah. this morning and it's a new year, it's a new day, and we have a clean slate. Everything, you know, that is old has passed away. Makes sense. <laughs> and been made new. But guess what? We have a clean slate every day and nothing is particularly special about January 1st. Every day that we wake up, we have the opportunity to make these small incremental changes, even if we messed up every day leading up to today. Right. 
Today's a new day. And there's an old, say, uh, an old saying that goes, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. And the second best time is today. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing we can do about the past. We right. can't change that we spent all of last year completely not doing the things that we feel like we were made to do or right. want to do. But we can change how we respond to that today and, and tomorrow and, and going forward and so on and so forth. So what New Year's resolutions are we setting? I, I've had this overarching goal in my mind for, for years and years that I want to write more, like creatively. Oh, okay. You know, like short stories, fiction. You and I have a big project coming up that we've yep. been uh, teasing for a while and more information yep. to, to come on that writing project. But I want to get in the habit of actually making time to write. And it's, it's kind of difficult to do sometimes because – in our profession, that's all we do is write. I, yeah. I mean, you just I, write and read all the time. I'm a professional email answerer. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's it's what very, I do. Very specific and academic based, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. So when it comes to creative work, by the end of a day like that, your, your brain's kind of mush. Right. You know, and in the evenings, it's it's so hard yeah. to kind of get, get it going, right? So I want to use some of the principles from the book, including setting up the right environment in order to enable myself to write. And I want to do that when I'm the freshest. So beginning each workday, I'm going to start with 45 minutes of writing. And I'm going to get up a little bit earlier to do that so that I can kind of get in the right mindset and get things started when I have a fresh brain. Because okay. after, after I've written all day long, <laughs> you know, it's, man, it's so right. hard to come home and decide, well, I'm going to write some more, but I'm going to do yeah. it for fun this time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, So the four steps we talked about from the book is make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. So I'm going to start by making it obvious. Now, as we said, I, I spend most of my workday on a laptop anyway. Okay. So th that's an obvious thing. I'm going to be writing anyway, right? So by writing first thing in the morning, I'm doing something that's already very, very natural. I don't have to travel anywhere different to do right. that. You're already settled in. I'm already settled in. I already have my laptop pulled up. I'm already going to be opening up Microsoft Word and doing things like that anyway. So this is a very natural and obvious change that I can integrate in right away, right? The second thing is make it attractive. So at the end of the session, I'm going to give myself just a 10-minute guilt-free social media break. I want to check out. And I'm just going to say this is going to be my small little reward for focusing for 45 minutes. And there's a really good book on this um, called Deep Work. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that yes. one, yep. but it talks about the importance of focusing and, you know, cutting out social media during a time that you're really trying to work deeply, cutting out external conversations, right. people dropping by the office, phone calls, all these sort of things, because it's really hard to get into what's called flow. And we oh, talked yeah. about this yeah. a little bit, maybe in our Art of Practice yeah. episode. Uh, me Haley Chicksimili. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're Haley what? <laughs> what? What did you, you call your me? Your cheeks did what? <laughs> What'd you call me? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, by, by giving myself this little 10-minute free, guilt-free checkout at the end, I kind of eliminate that temptation that, well, I'm kind of having a mental block. I'm going to scroll through Facebook for a minute because I know right. that time's coming. I'm right. going to get to do oh, that yeah. anyway, right, at the end. So temptation bundling is what this is called, this strategy where you pair an action uh, you want to do, such as get on social media and just check out for 10 minutes with an action you need to do. Like, I need to write if I'm ever going to do anything creative okay. writing related. <laughs> so that's how we make it attractive. How do we make it easy? Well, we don't want to have to go through a big process of kind of getting everything set up. Now, for my particular resolution, I'm going to leave the laptop open to a Word document the night before. 
so that whenever I wake up in the morning, it's ready to go. Oh, okay. It's already right. there. And this would be the same for exercise. You know, instead of worrying about, well, I have to get up in the morning and after I come home from work and work all day, I have to lay out my uh, exercise clothes and I have to go through that. In the morning when you're fresh, just lay those out. Right. Have those ready or have them out the night before, <clears throat> have them laying there when you get home. And a second strategy that I, I read about is before you make the decision that, man, I don't really feel like exercising today, if that's your resolution, you you tell yourself you're not allowed to make that decision until you're dressed and ready to go. That's one small step that you can take. You can say, well, I hmm. can't I can't bail on this until I'm dressed and ready to go. And then if I decide to bail on it, that's okay. Because, and you let yourself off the hook. You know, that's 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 awesome. It's because, pretty clever. Yeah, because most of the time you're going to say, <laughs> well, I'm already dressed. <laughs> that's what I always say. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm already finished now. I'm, I might as well go. I might right? as well go, yeah. you know. So that's a little brain trick. And the last thing is to make it satisfying. So at the end of each session, I, I'm really big on lists like you are. I like stats. I like tracking things yeah. and seeing progress. I'm always looking at the stats for the episodes right. and things like that. Uh, I'm going to document how many words I wrote that day and how many total words have been written. And, and this creates a, a dopamine effect, right? Where your brain just releases these happy chemicals, <laughs> you know? And, and I, yes, I, I'm kind of a nerd. I, I get happy when I see an Excel spreadsheet. I get happy when those numbers start <laughs> to tick up and the percentages change. I like to graph results. And I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but you do have to make uh, some effort to ensure that whatever you're doing makes you satisfied at the end. Because if it's not rewarding, then it's not going to be a habit that kind of sticks with you. So, Jason, as we're winding things out and getting ready to, to close out here, any final words of wisdom or thoughts about habits or ways to change them or how to keep our New Year's resolutions? You know, really, I think probably just more more than anything, I think of the words just kind of really interesting and the word fascinating with all this. Because, you know, even the last thing you said there, it was like, you can, you know, you can make the decision to check out. Yeah. You just can't make it till you're dressed. Right. right? I mean, if yeah. you want to go exercise sure. or you can make the decision to not write, mm -hmm. but you can't do it before you're sitting in front of the laptop, for instance. Right. <laughs> with the word document open. With the word document open. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and those sound, you know, all these these strategies and these things, they sound so simple, but really that's what habits are. That's how simply they can be established. Sure. You know, and so I just I, I think this episode is really interesting and and can literally be used in all walks of life. Yeah, and I hope all of our listeners found this helpful. I hope they'll be able to put this into practice as they walk out their New Year's resolutions. Thanks to everyone who is listening. Please uh, consider sharing the podcast with a friend. We really appreciate that. And also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at SlapdashPod. And we'll catch you in the next episode. I'm going to go eat some kale and drink some water. <laughs> <laughs>